0: But um, if that inspires you, then let it inspire you. Let whatever it is that you need to inspire you inspire you so that you understand what your why is for pursuing that that, that career at editor-in-chief or whatever it is, um, and, and keep on um, crystallizing it, keep on mining it, keep on refining it so that it's so simplistic in your, in your, in your thinking and in your understanding. Welcome back to The Tea with Nikki.
1: We are pro-tea, not anti-coffee, and if you've watched a few of my episodes, you'll know I'll say enjoy a quarantine as well, I'm not judging, as long as you sit back, relax, and you're comfortable during the interview. Today I speak with Onke Dumeko, who is the Editor-in-Chief and Group Publishing Director for Destiny Connect and The Bar Magazine. Destiny Connect creates content for high-end business professionals, fashion lovers, and great lifestyle content. The Bar Magazine explores and talks about the South African TV and film industry. I speak with Onke about how they've had to deal with the challenges that COVID-19 has brought. We also speak about what her role exactly is as Editor-in-Chief. We play 30 seconds and she shares some wonderfully inspiring insight as to what she believes feminine leadership is.
0: Okay, it's like 30 seconds, right?
1: Yes, exactly like 30 seconds.
0: Okay. Uh, lingerie. Um, spice Girls. Victoria's Secret. Uh, yes. Um, he acts as an Australian. He acts at, acted as the Hulk. Chris uh... <laughs> Hempstead. But he was so um, um, something that we do outside with our dogs or walk, just alone. Run? Jog. Walk, yeah, walk. <laughs> um, and then he is the head of the Catholic Church. The Pope. Oh, time's up. Yeah. Pope Benedict uh, uh, the... Uh, the full name.
1: Who was the Hulk? Did I get that right?
0: Jackman, am I right? <laughs> Who's Jackman? He wasn't
1: the Hulk, he was Wolverine. What was he? Do? He was what? <laughs>
0: Wolverine, the X-Men. <laughs> oh, Wolverine! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Anyway. That's well, fine. it's three. Perfect. Mark the correct word. Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict. The Victoria's Secret, Walking, oh, Barbecue Grill. I don't know. Yeah, I just jumped. Anyway.
1: No, it's fine. Okay. Alright. And now, um, she was a woman who was
0: blind and deaf. Blind and deaf? Oh, um... <sighs> Uh ah! okay, go to the next one. Oh, Charlie's it. Angels. Oh, on Sorry? And Charlie's Florence, a- and- Florence Nightingale. Pardon? Florence Nightingale. No. No. Nightingale. Oh. Oh. Um Here um Shepherd. Yeah? Time's what up. are you saying? <laughs> 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 oh no! It's not a
1: game um it was you had helen keller the one i was trying to describe to you from charlie's angels with blonde hair was cameron diaz um okay then there was fisherman david blaine and lebron james okay okay let's do one more round each so you go and then i'll go next
0: okay Um, someone who flies an airplane, an airplane, pilot, someone who, um, looks into things that they aren't supposed to be looking into when people aren't looking, they're watching them. Detective, spy, yes, spy, um, something we fly in the sky. That's in the form of a triangle, almost like a diamond, um, a game that starts with a C that people were talking, twerking for. keep working for a challenge (laughs) Uh, yeah so you've got kite console pilot spy the only other thing was nut pig nut nut pig what's that nut pig yeah i don't know how i was going to do that (laughs) (laughs) all
1: right um they're not (laughs) nightingale yeah um so oh my word these are so hard so you know uh actually can't do this so, hard. so it's a spice um and the combination is a flower and then jesus's mother
0: <laughs> mary
1: yeah flower
0: mary yana yeah, no. <laughs>
1: That was just terrible wait let me go again these are so hard it was rosemary oh rosemary. <laughs> okay let me, uh, let me give you another chance because okay the first one was ah my good my goddess i don't know what that is flamethrower mm-hmm. how to describe i was trying to think like oh can i how do i describe it like yeah sometimes it gets So it's the first planet after the sun. Uh, after the sun, I don't know. The, after the, the, I don't know. Pluto. No, Pluto's the last one. Um, Saturn. Mars. No. Uh, what's in a balloon? for high, high pitched voices. Sorry. What's? In oh, helium. Yes, helium. And you were saying it was Apple and another brand that are, you? Like, on the front forefront of phones.
0: Nokia, Ericsson, Samsung. Yes.
1: And now time's up. So it was Mercury, the first
0: planet. Oh, I said Neptune, Jupiter.
1: <laughs> um, but you got Samsung and helium. Um, and then the first one was Princeton. I wasn't sure how to describe that one.
0: University, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then this other one was Yom Ha Atma. That's not. I don't know then. All right. (laughs) Least we've got to flex some of our general knowledge brains. (laughs) Yeah. So throughout your career, you've been a brand manager at Brand South Africa, Colgate, Dallo, and African Sales Company, and now you are the Editor in Chief and Group Publishing Director at the Bar and Destiny Connect Magazine. So what does Editor in Chief do exactly?
0: um so the first thing is you need to have a good feel and understanding of the brand and what i mean by that is in in a magazine format whether it's print or whether it's online you need to have um an understanding of who your audience is because your audience makes up um the core Like they really define the dna of your brand um your understanding of who you're talking to makes a world of difference because that really shapes how you um, construct your content for it so the first thing is understanding the, the the brand by by really digging into the consumer and understanding what they need and what they like and what they want what they don't want what they're not interested in the type of content that they can get anywhere else um, and what you are going to give to them that is completely different um, and then once you have a good understanding of that and a good feel of your of your brand and how they of, of your audience and how they really consume the content across different uh, platforms, our readers for for Destiny and for Destiny Connect um, are different. So our readers for the print title, our readers for the online title are are, are different. Um, and when it comes to Destiny Connect, it has a more like pan-African um, and 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 global reach. So that's the type of thing we have to take into consideration. Um, when it comes to the print publication, um, because it's really only distributed in Southern Africa, um, that's the type of consumer that we that we speak to. And that's just geographically. I, I haven't even touched into the other things. Um, but, you know, overall, um, the understanding for us is that it's, it's business content and all of that and career content with an undertone of lifestyle. So once there's a good understanding of, um the brand and the audience that your that your publication speaks to um there's you know an editor-in-chief builds the content strategy and what i mean by that is you have to create a content strategy that speaks to your audience um across multiple platforms because we are in the digital age um and that continues to engage them and enrich them um so that you know you you create the expectation that this is the type of content that they'll get from destiny this is the type of content that they'll get from destiny connect you create that expectation you create that um you create the demand right so that it, it makes your supply all the more enjoyable to put together because um, you've created this great energy, this great demand around the content that you've been building consistently. Um, and that's how it works, essentially. Um, th- there are a lot more, that's just the writing aspect to it. I mean, from a design perspective, um, across print and, and online, there are various touch points that you have to be quite involved in. I mean, I said uh, with our creative director, whenever we're doing the, um, the print publication of Destiny, we literally work like this and sit next to each other. And we go through every single article, um, as he's laying it out. Um, I mean, a lot of the times he'll, you know, I send him the copy and he lays it out. Um, uh, but um, it gets to a point where we both have to agree on everything that's been laid out. So it's literally like, um, it's literally like a marriage and you you need to work very closely with your creative director so that the, 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 the content Comes through in such a visually impactful way because I mean a lot of people think that content is just words and it's not. It's also the images that that service the words, and the images matter as much as the words. At least I believe you really have to. You really have to have a proper marrying of the two and layout and all of that. So you act as the brand ambassador, the representative of 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 that magazine. So when they think of that magazine. And they and they have to consider whose decision is behind its positioning and its content. It's you, um, so yeah. So from a commercial perspective, you also play quite a crucial role when it comes to advertisers and clients and the types of clients you um, you you engage with, not necessarily with with advertising, but maybe with events or whatever the case is or virtual events in the world we live in today. Um and and yeah, like you 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 kind of have to be on, on their lips, top of their mind as well, so that they consider you um as a media outlet and they they have you in mind and you know you're also you reflect the brand in essentially. Yeah.
1: So what has been the hardest for Destiny Connect and The Bar Magazine during the COVID-19 lockdown, because hearing you say about putting the content together and having a sort of uh, work marriage with your creative director, um, has it also been intimidating seeing some big publishing houses like Associated Media closing down during the COVID-19 lockdown?
0: Yeah, such a great question. You know, Um, I, I wouldn't say it was intimidating. It was shocking. I think we were shocked like everyone else. But shocked from a place of the fact that they have such a long legacy and such a long history in the country, and you know, for some of the the, the houses on the continent, you know, so um, you know, you kind of think it's never going to happen. But mm-hmm. um, I worked at a at a at an independent media publishing house before, and you know, I think a lot of people will throw around things like printers dying, printers dead you know, and it's Anna Wintour of of Condé Nast. So, you know, she works for Vogue and all that. And she said um, years ago that, you know, she she doubts that print will die as as, as soon as people think it will. Because while Vogue has evolved, long time evolved um, digitally, um, people will never not want the luxuriating feel of a Vogue magazine. And similarly, Vogue, to what I was saying about Destiny Connect, the person who consumes Vogue online um, is quite different, and is not the same person from the one who religiously buys the magazine. Because the magazine, the print title of Vogue, is very kind of um, a lot of long format articles, in depth look at at lifestyle and culture and all of that. Whereas in fashion and beauty, whereas online, it's it's kind of like. Um, you know, you they speak to not necessarily a, a traditional Vogue reader. It's kind of like a younger reader who um, cares a lot more for the visual impact and, and and shorter articles and and all of that. I think you know, th- there's that vast difference there. But um, you know, so 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 with her saying that, I I I agree with her in the sense that it's not necessarily the format that has caused a lot of publishing houses or you know singular magazines to close down um i think really it's the approach more than anything else because you know if you're a magazine and you think that the world will wait for you um Mm. it doesn't work that way you know you know so so i mean nokia you know if you were to look at when nokia started they probably thought that they'd own the market forever and i think they they're finding it hard to kind of um capture the market that they once had because um apple and samsung have run away with it you know and apple keeps itself relevant through innovation so it's really about innovation more than anything else and um destiny connect destiny the print title it was actually one of the first magazines in south africa the first if i'm not incorrect to have um an online magazine Years ago. Years ago, years ago. Must be like... Know. Yeah, it must be, I think it's just under ten, like eight years ago. It was a long time ago that um, Destiny Connect started online. And um, the idea there was just to have it online. It doesn't ha- didn't have to look like, you know, what it currently looks now, obviously. but. But the, the idea was just to ha- make sure that there was an online presence there and to build and to build and to build and to build from there. And I remember at the time when Destiny Connect launched online, you know, a lot of people thought it was a waste of money, waste of investment, waste of all of these things, but it, 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 it helped the grand growing, growing audience um, across many countries in Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, um, Namibia, Botswana Lesotho, um, Zambia, there are so many countries that, that consume uh, content from Destiny Connect online, and that in turn made it much easier to, to build in an eventing and an experience um, model across the continent, which is what, what happened. So it, it, you, you had already built an audience there, you had engaged them, um, and it was easier for you to now physically engage them on the ground with events, it wasn't quite a hard sell especially when it came to the business and the commercial side of it. So, 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 so thinking ahead of the curve often means that you are, you look like an idiot at the beginning, but unfortunately, if you wait too late, especially if your content is focused on fashion and beauty and lifestyle. So a lot of the brands which have closed down reflect that content. If you wait too late, you know, you, you'll be sized out of the market by, by platforms that are just more agile and just much more quick quick to the curb for consumers, right? So an Instagram, a uh, Facebook, uh, social media in general, yeah. makes um, it very difficult for a fashion beauty brand to compete. You know, what helps brands like Vogue um, is the fact that they have that historical legacy and they've been very consistent when it comes to their, their fashion content. And to a large extent, they still lead. I mean, you can see with the Vogue challenge recently, it's still a very huge aspirational brand for people yeah and they're mimicking the vote covers reflect the print edition of it not the online configuration or whatever so I mean i think they're also structural things that that have to do with that so i think that's what didn't intimidate us too much is the fact that we don't run these magazines with very elaborate teams it's kind of very nimble teams very small um, a lot of people would be shocked to find out how many people actually put together the magazines um, it's not a traditional media house where you have, you know, um, a number of of permanent staff that you have to pay salaries every month. A lot of the people are um, freelancers, you know. Whereas the core team, the day to day team, is very, very, very tight. So that helps in terms of offsetting um, overheads, which is a huge, 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 huge cost that uh, compromises a lot of print titles uh, because. Advertising is not what it was, um, and, and and brands require you to also as as media pub, as media houses come with much more interesting and innovative ways. It's not just you know they're not they themselves are not just interested in um, buying a page of advertising. They kind of want more. It's it's a matter of ensuring that your content I think um, is communicated in a way that doesn't size it out of the market too quickly because of other players that can do it better and um just being smart about how you run the business so that it doesn't run you out you know and speaking
1: on staying relevant and present in what what's going on and being agile the current cover of destiny connect is two police women with a woman also in masks it's called the COVID edition so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i just want to know the story behind the cover and what is it that you're trying to Capture within this particular issue of COVID nineteen
0: edi- edition. Our our focus is business um, and 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 career um, content for people in um, you know mid to senior level careers and as an underlying tone of lifestyle. Mm. So with COVID and the way it literally shifted the world. Um, we couldn't just come out with another cover or another issue that we would have normally done. Um, we had actually shot one um, in February which which we still have the content of and the images and all of that but the timing just didn't feel right because the, the story wasn't going to be relevant to what was happening in the world. Yeah. So I, I was building the content for the issue. I knew it was going to be a COVID special issue. I wanted to do a bumper issue, huge issue, basically nearly double the size of a normal magazine that we print because we weren't going to print we couldn't print because of lockdown and so it was just an an opportunity to make the most of online anyway and give people more bang for their buck the idea was to always have someone who reflects the informal sector and we'd actually wanted to do that a while because the informal sector of business is such an underlying and important foundational sector in this country it's just that people don't uh, perceive it that way mm. and a lot of our leaders, a lot of our cover stars and all of that they are in some way or the other re- related to an informal sector story. They were either raised by a parent who um, started their business in that way or they, they know someone in their family who runs an informal sector business. It's just really the, the sector of, of business in this country that is underestimated, that is undervalued but that contributes so much to the economy and because you know as an economy we just haven't taken the time to um to 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 position them as that doesn't mean they don't play a crucial role so covid came and we were all scared into this thing of the fact that it's airborne and it spread so quickly and everything that was happening in europe with countries like italy and it was headed to south africa um and the what what our health minister and our presidency had always told us was you know these are the basic things wash your hands with hot water uh, social distance and to work from home and i think in a country like south africa we the thing that we kept on thinking of was okay i can see how you can do that if you're sitting in the uk or in germany but for the majority of people in south africa they don't have hot water running hot water right for the majority of people in south africa they live in um Compromising conditions where you have 10 to 20 people living in one house, right? So the fact that COVID-19 is quite highly unlikely the biggest problem in the country. It is more of an indicator of what our underlying socioeconomic economic issues are yeah. um, and how they affect the economy, how those things are affecting the economy because they're not sorted. 26 years into democracy. So... We we thought about representing that through the informal sector because an informal sector business owner um, has the same challenges as a person. Well, not necessarily all of them, but it's a highly likely possibility that they have those challenges. Uh, but they still have to run their business for them to survive. They depend on people not social distancing and not working from home because a lot of their a lot of their businesses are run um, on the side of the street, for example. Um, they depend on that human interaction and all of that. So how do they survive and how are they, cu- because, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that they could get a stimulus check from the government. So, so that was the inspiration behind it. And then we just had to kind of wait for a moment um, that represented it for us. So when we saw that trend on Twitter, a city legend who is, is the publisher um, who I work with, I just said to him you know what this is this is it this is a cover we'd actually briefed in something similar but it just wasn't it wasn't um it wasn't it um until we were having a conversation on the phone and i just said this is what we have to depict because this image is going to reflect um it's going to reflect um this time and what the reality really was for a country like south africa more Mm -hmm. than anything else i think Around the world, the challenges are different. Um, In Italy and, you know, in China and some parts of the USA, it was more about the health workers and how they're overwhelmed, you know. In South Africa, our health workers are still not overwhelmed with coronavirus patients. Mm -hmm. And their stress is more related to um, working conditions for themselves, which were that way before the coronavirus. So we just felt that like that cover had to reflect um, the structural issues in the country that affect um, the business of the country because yeah. that's essentially what they do. The majority of those businesses, the majority of the businesses in South Africa are informal businesses, right? So, um, and it was a kind of catch 22 situation. You know, the, the police were wrong for doing the right thing and she was was right for doing the wrong thing essentially Mm -hmm. um so 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 that was the inspiration behind it
1: wow that's incredible and so true there's been statistics and talks as well of the amount of unemployment that is going to be um what's it the kind of the aftermath after this COVID-19 lockdown because we were already at about 26%, 26%, I think, unemployment. Mm. No, higher. And I think now it's going to be.
0: Now, yeah, we are. And I was going to be higher.
1: And it's like you're saying, because the informal sector can't operate. And I know we aren't politicians or health workers or anything like that, but I'd like to ask your opinion. What do you think would have been the best way for South Africans to have dealt with? The COVID nineteen situation because we aren't the UK or Italy where we can work from home. We depend a lot on the informal sector. So, what do you? Yeah. So I mean, what is your opinion on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I think the the challenge with 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 the presidency is the fact that our our situation is very unique. So we're a third and first world country, with like you know the in between is is next to nothing even though you know we might think that that's the reality um our our income inequality gap is still one of the highest ones in the world so it's unique in the sense that okay how do you combat this virus taking into consideration everyone's needs Mm -hmm. um the fact that you know you have you have you have um uh, a smaller portion of society that can do the basic things might retaliate uh for whatever reason because they are not used to being confined and you know being told what to do and all of those things and then you have the majority of south africans who 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 might want to do it and would want not might want to do it but the majority of south africans who also want to protect their families and all of that but don't necessarily have the means to so it's not that they don't care it's just that there are no means you know if if i'm hungry um you know a, a virus is the least of my worries because the thing that I battle every day is poverty. So, I think that there's no right answer to this, yeah. Um, because because our because our situation is so unique. For me, the biggest thing is that, and the, the, for me, it's more of a lesson um, going forward. Mm. Is that this 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 opportunity, which which it is, um, this opportunity expresses the notion that as a country, we need to really make sure that it is set up for the welfare of every single citizen regardless of their income that every single citizen has the basic needs um available to them so that whenever another pandemic hits us whenever that will be we're not scrambling trying to fix the basic things that we should have sorted out you know um segregation and oppression has happened in this country for over 200 years And you cannot compare 26 years of democracy to that, but 26 years is a long time Mm. to make sure that the basics are in place. So running water, flushing toilets, it's a long time to make sure that everyone has those basics. It's actually enough time. So it's, it's more of a going forward thing, I think, because then you are just more prepared for anything, and you can yeah. you can activate your citizenry in a in a much more efficient way. There are just certain things that I'm against, like the re-banning of alcohol and all of that. I don't think it makes sense. I think I think the initial ban was fine and all of that. I can understand them, but the re-banning of them in the context, not only in the context of everything else that's happening with gender-based violence or whatever, but just because of the the, the 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 what that does to the employment in this country mm. i think is causes more damage than it does than it will to um
1: an increased
0: infection rate because people need to survive and i think i think um the alcohol industry it employs a lot of people it contributes a lot to the gdp and i think it's irrelevant whether you drink or not, it's not even about that. It's literally about people having um, um, sustenance, you know, and we're not the type of country that can say, if you work in the alcohol industry or if you work in the tobacco, or whatever's banned, we can give you a stimulus check um, mm. for the salary that you earned we don't have that type of a situation so i don't know if banning is the right um was the right decision and if banning is going to really make that much of a difference going forward um the key thing is to make sure that um you know welfare systems are own place yeah and remain that way
1: yeah on your linkedin i saw that you wrote a mantra that you live by is leadership is a privilege not a right and it is to be earned in the arena of action because ultimately leaders should not create great followers they should create great leaders this is what drew you to destiny connect considering the content that
0: um yeah i mean i think it's something that i've always learned in my career that you don't uh, my my first uh boss who is my mentor today still um he always taught me that you know you the, the the best way you know you're doing your job as a manager or a director or a ceo or whatever the best way you know you're doing your job as a leader is if the business if everything can run without you so if it can run without you physically there that's when you know you've done your job because you've imparted as much knowledge as you possibly could you've empowered other people to do it um Given, you know, in, in the context of there being enough hands to do that um, and, and not, you know, one person literally assigned to one task. Because the work, ref- your work reflects through the work that other people do. So um, it did inspire me um, because I think, yeah, I mean, the premise of destiny is always um, is, is business and, and leadership and all of that. Um, whereas the, the premise of the Bar magazine, which focuses on film and TV content, is really about setting um, setting the standard, um, where we, we focus on individuals who have set the standard, who have set, who have you know who have done something so outstanding in their own rights um, mm. that it's impacted the 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 industry um, the industry you know that that's shaped around those individuals. So so yeah, definitely.
1: What would be your top tip for someone who's an aspiring editor in chief?
0: Um, know your why and stick to your why. So why do you want to do it, you know? Um, and and don't be pressurized by um, having to have a reasoning that is very deep and convoluted and whatever, it can actually be very simple. Like you could watch The Devil Wears Prada and kind of want that life. You're right. The only person I can think of who really lives like that is, is Anna Wintour. But um, if that inspires you, then let it inspire you. Let whatever it is that you need to inspire you inspire you so that you understand what your why is for pursuing that that, that career at editor-in-chief or whatever it is. Um, and, and keep on... Um, crystallizing it keep on mining it keep on refining it so that it's so simplistic in your in your in your thinking and in your understanding um that it's not something that you have to take take a long time to explain you know I'm sure you've heard of the elevator pitch that concept where you kind of pitch yourself for 60 seconds yes. um, it essentially should be that or like even shorter like just know what your why is because your why is always something that you're going to stick to when times get tough you know and there is absolutely no job that is glamorous know your why and stick to it and and don't be moved by it remember it so the simpler it is and the more authentic it is to yourself the much easier it is going to be for you to stick in um to stick with it yeah essentially
1: and being in a published in the publishing industry and magazine industry it is quite a female-populated industry. I mean, like you mentioned, Anna Wintour, everway's Prada, yourself as well, editor-in-chief. Uh, what does feminine leadership look like to you with regards to having been in an industry that some would say is regarded as a female-dominated industry?
0: Uh, feminine leadership to me looks ready. I think the world is ready for a lot of women to actually just take over because even if you look at the countries where... Um, you know COVID the, the COVID numbers have dropped just drast- drastically or the the recoveries are you know higher than the infection so a lot of those a lot of those places are, are are led by women a lot of them New Zealand Taiwan they just have such a great track record and I think it's it's partly because of the fact that you know men generally don't like to get their hands dirty so while they have a lot of the power yeah i'm sorry but it's true. why they have a lot of the power um and they you know power even if you like like in in, in a lot of contexts power is is masculine you're right mm-hmm. and that's the type of power that people accept easily it's a masculine one if if there's a feminine power associated with it um there's always some type of negative connotation around it but so women are always the ones who are left to clean up the mess essentially so so when it comes to having a situation like this where it's just pandemonium women are just more adept to getting on with it and getting it done um so while you have a lot of women who are editors or beauty editors fashion editors all of that in terms of the ownership and all of that it's still quite masculine so the people who own the publishing houses there are a lot of women Uh, but, but the majority of them are still, uh, men. So there's still a long way to go in terms of the ownership where it comes to publishing. But, um, uh, yeah, man, feminine leadership is ready. The world needs it. It's literally a matter of life and death. You know, I mean, it was an interesting thing to watch because the thing is women just generally do bring something different. Um, and, historically that difference has always been um looked at as as weaker or or not as strong and and dominant and all of that but um feminine qualities um are really what the what 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 covid has taught us is that they are really really underestimated in terms of their power um and they're really going to become way more important you know you will keep your workforce if you are compassionate if you are um if you do you know what i mean if you're more insightful as to what people's everyday situations look like you know if they um have to homeschool their kids and they have to answer emails and all of that so so it's ready in the sense that um feminine leadership has always been that way it just hasn't been um appreciated for what it was i love those yeah. answers.
1: and i think definitely within social and business environments, we're going to have to take the ready feminine leadership of compassion into the future Uh and saying it's becoming a lot more present now as well in the work, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I want to move to a segment that I like to call the ABCs of your career. Uh, Mm -hmm. A for what was your affluent, amazing aha moment?
0: um that um i could create the my own job so i think a job spec is i mean you are in recruitment so you know that um it's something that um um, is important i think from the organization so that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into um, and that when you come for that interview you can respond to 80 90 of those things hopefully and one thing i've learned is that there is also an opportunity in getting into the organization, identifying what's not there, um, and seeing if you can create it, and kind of shifting and creating your own type of your your own type of work, right? So, so recreating your job spec. So, I've done that um, quite a lot, you know, because I just felt like sometimes what I was doing just didn't add enough value or the type of value that I wanted it um, to add. Sometimes the solution is to kind of sit within yourself and understand the, the the true reflection of the environment around you and the true dynamics of it because there could be a gap that hasn't been filled that you can fulfill and how you create and evolve your, your, your career yourself um, and you empower yourself by doing that. So so that's, that's, that's the biggest aha thing I've learned. That's such a wonderful approach
1: to how to look at a job spec and then also once you've entered the workspace, how to, you know, sort of edit your job spec as well. So I love that. Yeah. And B, what was your bad business blunder?
0: So, okay, when we started, um, <laughs> when we started with uh, Destiny, Destiny Man 2.0, Um, you know, I think the approach was really to, to treat the brands like productions, you know, um, and, and the, the challenge there was that, um, the costs and, you know, I know I was talking about overheads in terms of staffing, but in terms of putting it together, production wise, the visuals, the videos, we're a lot about visuals and videos and video content and all of that type of content you can engage with. But, um, the the costs around that were quite high. So, um, and it's something we've had to rethink about and restructure and, you know, how do we still get to the same product with, um, forget staffing aside, because that was fine, but how do we get to the same product with a completely reconfigured uh, production cycle? So, and it's interesting that you say it's a blunder because failure is really a learning opportunity. Yeah. That's really what it is. Uh, and and you can either decide to to fail backwards and 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 recreate those mistakes or to fail forward. So so that 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 situation was really an opportunity for us to fail forward and to and to reconfigure the business to reconfigure the brands with a production cycle that made more sense for everybody. Yeah.
1: And your C. Cinematic,
0: worthy, cock-up moment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing is, I have so many. Um, uh, okay, so I remember when I was on the set for The Bar, I was going to interview um, an actress. I don't know if I should mention her name. The wonderful person, very nice lady, um, brilliant actress. Mm-hmm and i was just so unaware self-awareness is huge and i thought i was but i'm so oh my gosh and i i had no idea that i was being so like much i was being a lot um and you know um a legend said to me no i want you to be involved and give ideas as to like as to as to you know how this should be shot and how you know he wanted me to be super involved that that at that, that time i was freelancing for it so I, I wasn't there full time he wanted me to be super involved in all of this so i was kind of like trying to be super involved and give my opinion here and there and all of these things the thing is it was my first time on a essentially what is a film set because we really treated them like film sets so um you know, I didn't understand at the time that a DOP, a director of photography, that person, it's its their, you know, it's what they want. It's their vision. DOP and a director, it's their vision as to how the thing goes, you know. So I was there. I'm the editor. Jimmy, like, I, I all have a say in all of this. And I completely missed the mark that, hey, you're not that quite high up the rung when it comes to, um, a production set of this nature. So, yeah, I was a lot that day. I had to apologize many times, um, but I was just, you know, it was a, it was a matter of self-awareness, but, yeah. uh, and lack thereof, so. I like to end off
1: the interviews with three quick fire questions, so you can't prepare for these, so it's just something that comes to the front of mind. So, are you morning person or an evening person? Evening.
0: Evening. What are three books that you would recommend us to read? Uh, the Water Dancer by Tana nehisi Coates, uh, Thrive by Ariana Huffington, and uh, Nervous Conditions by Tsitsi Dangaremba.
1: And what is a daily ritual that you can't live without?
0: Mm, praying.
1: Do you, do you pray every day, every morning or evening?
0: um both but differently so morning it's, it's 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 quicker evening is a lot more candles and all of that stuff yeah
1: you can do you kind of uh pray within gratitude of your day or is it uh wrap up of the day how what are your what's
0: the difference between so what is gratitude i mean Gratitude is both at the beginning and the end of the day. I like in the morning I like to just be grateful for very basic things like waking up and the roof over my head and I feel like it really changes the energy of my day. Um I say some affirmations, um, and then I get on with it. In the evening it's it's gratitude for the day, but it's more guidance um um as to, you know, the, the day to the days to come and the weeks to come and the months to come. So that's that's kind of the difference, yeah. Okay.
1: That's all for the interview. Thank you so
0: much for taking the time to talk. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for all your special insights as well. Um, And I hope that you have a wonderful week and I can't wait to see what comes up on Destiny Connect.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Vicky.
1: I think I'm going to have to agree with Onke saying that the world is ready for feminine leadership. COVID-19 has definitely pushed us into a sphere that business world has not seen before and is demanding that the business environment be a lot more compassionate. I love what you had to say about following your inspiration, following your passion and finding your why. Following that and digging deeper in order to refine it because when the going gets tough you have your why and that'll keep you going. I also love the content that Destiny Connect provides and their cover just seems so fascinating. If you don't know Destiny Connect, Please have a look, see the cover that I'm speaking about. It wasn't an actual shoot, it was a cartoon, but it speaks volumes as what Onke described.